Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, today, my guest is Claire Hutchings from Chime Agency. Thanks for joining me from across the pond. Uh, Claire is on a mission to solve the challenge that all agencies face. It's probably one of the most common challenges that I face, but their own marketing. So you're kind of like a superhero for agencies because so many agencies struggle with this. So Thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, over here in London. It's pretty sunny today. Uh, so, yeah, lovely to chat. Fantastic. So tell me about Chime and how you kind of got into the agency for agencies business. What's your background and, and what prompted you to start your own gig? Yeah, so my whole background, my whole career really has been working in agencies in a kind of in-house marketing role. Um, and then the depths of the pandem pandemic, I was made redundant from a big publicist group agency and ended up freelancing, uh, naturally ended up working with agencies because that was where my network was and what my uh, my background was. And that freelance business has kind of evolved uh, over about 12 to 18 months. And last year, um, in April, I took on two people and we're now kind of an agency. There's five of us and we work exclusively with, with other agencies and a few consultancies on their own marketing. Because that period, particularly when I was freelancing, it kind of showed me this real scale of the problem that agencies are facing right now with their own marketing. So so that alludes to the fact that it's not unique to any size agency because every size you've you've touched so many different size agencies and in, in different verticals, different service sets. It's not unique to the UK. It's not unique to the USA. It's probably not unique to other country or continent. What what is this like common thing that all agencies have? Like like what is this challenge? What where does it come from? Why are we why do we all struggle with it? Um, I think a lot of it is to do with how our businesses are structured. We're a people business and those people have to be as billable as possible. Um, and so your best people need to be working on your clients as much as possible. Um, and we kind of drop everything when a new pitch comes in, uh, kind of like the, the bottom of the funnel, the sales end is, is very much more prioritized because you've got to hit those numbers on a month by month, quarter by quarter basis. Um, so any kind of marketing or messaging kind of stops when the big pitch lands. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just the makeup of how our businesses are structured and resourced that seems yeah. to be the big issue. It's not for a lack of want or need or understanding of what marketing is because it's what we deliver for our clients. Um, but yeah, the way we've built them and the way they're structured means it's really hard to do internally. Yeah. You got, you got, I say you guys, yeah. meaning you, your team, your agency, you developed um, in a research report that assesses over a hundred agencies in the UK called practice what you preach What's the backstory there and how has that helped your agency? 
Yeah, so we kind of, we knew instinctively that this was a massive issue for agencies because we're doing it every day, but we wanted to look and see were there kind of similarities and differences between the size and scale of different agencies for the, the issues that they're facing with their marketing, see if different specialisms and service areas if you know a PR agency operated differently to a web dev agency for example so we evolved our competitor analysis which we use in our strategy products um projects we evolved that and put a hundred different agencies through it to assess their marketing so we looked at their positioning their website their social channels content strategy um their ceo and leadership presence across their marketing um, and we were able to then get some benchmark data. So now whenever we put someone through one of our competitor analyses, we can see where they lie in comparison to agencies of a similar specialism or size and, and scale. Um, so it kind of helps an agency understand where they are and where they need to get to and what great looks like. But more than that, like, so yeah, you've got this amazing data set and you can use it for your clients, mm -hmm. but how has it helped you as an agency from a positioning, a marketing, a, we are the experts because we have the data set stand, like that standpoint is really what I want to know about. Yeah. So the outset of this project was to really, um, and what we say to all of our clients as well is to try and be your best case study. And so that mm -hmm. was kind of one of the drivers for this was for us to produce a piece of thought leadership and a piece of thinking that could drive both brand awareness right at the top of funnel for us to be seen as um, thought leaders in this space, but all the way through to our, you know, the bottom of our sales funnel and it's fueling sales conversations with agencies and prospects. Um, and it's really, it's really doing that job. So we, we set out with a plan to try and get, uh, 200 people, 200 agencies to download the report once it was live within three months. Um, well, we did 250 downloads within about two weeks. Um, wow. and we've already won about, uh, so it's been, it's been just over three months that it's been launched. We've won, we can attribute 30,000 pounds worth of business to it. And there's about another 80,000 pounds worth of, business that's directly attributable to um, to this project in our pipeline. Um, and that's without any paid media at all. Um, and it's kind of fueling speaking opportunities for me and the team. Uh, and it allows us, it gives us um, something, a way of you know, scoring our prospects, scoring our clients. And so it's kind of fueling the whole way we operate now. That's amazing. So, so you're, you, you brought up numbers, and so we're going to get technical. You started it, not me, but let's go into it. So roughly, what do you think this cost you to develop between the questions, the outreach, the analysis of the data, sussing it all out and building the report? Do you have a, a rough yes. investment? Yeah, roughly for us, it's like in cost, because obviously a lot of the cost was our people time rather than out costs. Sure. Um, we think it's, it's roughly about £10,000 that it cost us to do. Talk about ROI, not just like you've already three X that in what you've got in the bank so far. Right. But now you've yeah, got well, another. What we've got in, so, so one of those clients is like a, is a retained client. So based on that client staying with us for a minimum six months, that would be the 30 grand. And we're kind of three months into that client. So, um, yeah, it could be, it could be more. <laughs> well, then that's what I want to say. Like, so by developing this report, becoming these the, the, not even becoming because you obviously were the experts, but by putting yourself out there as the experts in this data set, 
you've attracted already 3x revenue. You've got another eight times revenue in, in the pipeline. You've got speaking opportunities. Yeah. Next year, you can put out the second, or I guess it did, at that point, it'd be the first annual update of how these benchmarks yeah. are changing year to year, time to time. And it, and it kind of makes me think of like, here in the States, there's like the Quinnipiac something, something report. Like it's a university that does a report every year and it put them on the map as a school and Bureau of Digital here in the States does a very, they do two reports that are very similar to that. But I guess what I'm kind of in a roundabout way saying is by you guys putting this out, you didn't pay for any media. It's already given you such a platform to, to stand on and build yeah. your your pipeline around in in a single vertical and agencies yeah. forget that they need to do that like they do that for their clients and you i think this is just a great example of like the proof of how it actually works and the results that you can get from committing some time doing the work um so yeah i, I think hats yeah. off like you said you are your best case study because there it is there's your yeah, number and i think it is definitely something that we want to grow year on year so you know the coming year when we we'll start kind of recruiting more agencies so we had 100 agencies that we looked at uh this year for next year's report there'll be 200 agencies and we're hoping that 50 of those will be us based agencies as well so that we can compare okay. uk and and us data sets and see if there's a difference between the two but we'll have a whole campaign to um recruit agencies into that program um so that people can kind of ask to be scored and because we've got the data set from this year, what we're hoping for is that next year, once somebody um, says, yes, please score us, we'll be able to compare them immediately to the data set that we've already got. So actually, they can get something back very quickly and we'll be able to see kind of where the opportunities are for them from a marketing point of view and where we might be able to help them. So I'm hoping that year on year, it's going to become more and more valuable. Um, and like aside from the hard numbers and ROI and all of that kind of thing, like I do a lot of in-person networking and go to a lot of industry events. And I would say pretty much every single event that I've been to since we launched the research, someone has come up to me and said, oh, I know you. You've done the research thing. Downloaded the research. And I kind of wasn't wow. – like, that's what I wanted to happen, but I wasn't really expecting it. And you can't really – can't put a KPI on that. It's kind of just a feeling. Um, yep. And from a feeling point of view, like I couldn't have asked for more at this stage with it. Is it the validation or is it knowing that you're providing a resource that's of help to them? Like what is that feeling for you as, as the owner? That it's doing the awareness job and that we are being seen and thought of as thought leaders in this space um, yeah. because we've only been going like a year we didn't launch our brand for the agency till october last year so like it's all very very new so we had to do something yeah. to put a, you know a stake in the ground and kind of launch ourselves and who we are and so that's what we've done but the fact that people are coming back to me now and saying this is super useful i've sent it around yeah. the agency that's more than anything what i'm pleased yeah. and proud of the fact that you led with this and didn't spend the first year or two floundering about like trying to find a client here and there, trying to do different like mm -hmm. other like you just dove headfirst into we need to be seen as the experts in this data set for agencies, thought leadership. Here's our platform. And you just hung your hat. Like to me, that's super brave. And, and, I, and I really admire that. I think that's awesome. Um, too, I think too many agency owners spend too much time hemming and hawing of 
should I send out an email? Should I send out a direct mail? Should I do with this? Should I do with that? And is this word right? And it's like, just, just pick something and do it. And if it doesn't work, try something else yeah. like you would do for your clients. And so you guys were like, you, you are just headset on, this is what's going to work and we're going to do it. And yeah, I, I can guarantee you years two and three are going to be just doors off. It's going to be awesome for you yeah. because of this. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think yeah. for us as well, and this came out in the research too, that, um, so many agencies, particularly in years one to three, up to maybe year five, um, their leader, their founder, the leadership team, they are the massive driver of referrals into the business where the majority of leads come from. But what we see, what we saw in the research is that smaller agencies, so agencies under 15 people, they massively over-index on their agency founders brand rather than the agency brand itself. And yep. it's agencies over 30 people where you see the agency brand, it's more established, it's taken hold, and they do have, that. you know, they score higher in general. So we kind of just had this thing where we were like, well, we don't want to wait for the referrals from my network to drop off. And I'm not scalable, right? And for all agencies, their founder is not scalable. So if you want to scale an agency that's going to, you know, you're eventually going to have an asset that you could sell or you want to scale beyond about 30 people, the sooner you can start thinking about the agency brand and building equity in that um, and value in that, the better. So I didn't want to wait to kind of, all my network to dry up. And I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want the business to just be about me. It's about the whole team. And this fuels how we work. Yes, it fuels the conversations that I have as a founder with prospects because new business generally comes through me. Um, but it's fueling, you know, the agency brand is fueling those conversations rather than it being me. You just said probably like one of the most valuable things I think that has ever been recorded in the history of recordings since recordings was invented. And like, and it's so true that like, so it, I'm really good at design. I'm going to start an agency and it's all about me and my network and my name. And I don't even think it's at that 15 person mark. I mean, you have the data, so I'm not going to say anything opposing that. But at that point, it's like, all right, it's got to be about more than just me as a person that's so-called a great designer, or it's just going to flatten out. And it's not just going to flatten out. It's going to eventually tank out because that network is going to get dried up. And because you have this asset and this asset is more than just a PDF, it's more than just a lead generator. It's a platform. Anybody else in your team can be that the, the voice and the recipient of those inbound leads can be on a stage like it. it and I just think that that is something. Yeah. As, as a core set of principles for building an agency brand away from a person's name, it's just a, an amazing example of that. So, yeah. Thank you. What's the, and that what's is what we try agent- and do with our clients. <laughs> so, and I want to dig into that, but what, what's the agency size range that's in the report? So it's everything from, we looked at kind of 0 to 5, 5 to 10, 10 to 15, okay. and then I think it goes 15 to 30, 30 to 50, 50 to 100, and 100 plus. So we've got it broken down pretty granularly. Um, and that's why we were able to see that for us, the, the agencies under 15 people performed overall, performed less well. The benchmark agencies were kind of 15 to 30. They were the ones that kind of like the average Joes. 
And then yep. um, in terms of the agency brand, it was agencies over 30 people. Um, but in the top 10% of everyone we looked at, the majority of them were 100 plus agencies because they've, they're established, they've done the work on the brand, it's been around longer. Yeah. Um, so that kind of wasn't a surprise. But what was a surprise was seeing how the smaller agencies really over-indexed on their founder brand and were had more overly investing in that than the others. Yeah. And by the way, as a side note, for the droves of agency owners listening, uh, the link for this report will be in the in the show notes on agencyoutside.com slash podcast, but it's chime.agency slash benchmark report. Uh, but I'll link to it so everybody can download it and we can build out more of a funnel for you. So as, as an agency marketer, what do you think when you hear the phrase, just treat yourself like a client and build out a project as if you were your own client? And what does that make you think and feel? Well, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, um, <laughs> as a concept, mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think the reality is really, really hard. There's a few agencies that I've met and seen over the years that have managed to do it, and they've done it by making marketing part of every single person's job. It's in their appraisals. They have KPIs against it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really driven from the top down and time is ring fenced. So it can happen, but it's incredibly hard to do and very few are able, are able to do it. Um, having dedicated resource internally or externally will definitely help. Um, but it's really hard, right? I've done that job as a marketing manager, head of marketing in an agency, and it's a really hard role because you generally report into the leadership team. You're a pretty lone wolf. You might have one extra person in your team. You might get a little bit of a designer's time, but you've kind of got to be um, a generalist marketer working on your own, but in every element of the business and everyone's mate to be able to get what you need to be able to do your job. Um, and there's not always a great deal of progression for you within the agency. So it is a really hard, it's a really hard role. It's a hard role yeah. to fill and to retain as well as an agency owner. Do you think, and maybe your data shows this, do you think there's a point, all right, seven people I can have committed account managers, 10 people I can have a, you know, committed this. At what point can somebody have, the uh, hopefully profitability to invest in a sole marketing person. Do you know what? It's really interesting. We see it at really different points with agencies. Like I was chatting to an agency this week where they were seven people and they had uh, one of their seven heads was a marketing manager. And they did that wow. because they wanted to like really invest in growth. And to me, that's quite early to, to have a, that as a sole full-time mm -hmm. role but if you're wanting to invest for you know quick growth you need the marketing before you have the biz dev and that's the probably the key so before you hire the salesperson the business developer you need to have the marketing bit nailed because they need the leads to be able to then nurture and, and grow and convert um so that's probably more of the kicker but it can yeah it can and there are also there are sort of 50 person agencies that don't really have any dedicated yeah. resource so it really seems to change and we've not got any data on that in our report and it's something we were thinking about doing kind of alongside it for next year because we scored everyone so we kind of had to go off what we could see from their websites from their kind of you know publicly available channels 
Um, but it is something that we kind of we want to dig a bit more into kind of marketing budget and how much percentage of turnover or profit uh, agencies mm-hmm. are dedicating to marketing um, and also at what point they're hiring in-house or getting external support in um, to help them. Yeah, I would I would love to dig into that agency you spoke to of seven where they've got a dedicated person. I wonder, are the owners getting paid like like that is a very young agency to have a committed marketing person. But I admire their priorities because they understand probably what they've told their clients, like you need to do marketing mm-hmm. in, order, in order to do sales. And so you talk a lot about like practicing what you preach and what are some of those principles that you think agent or like core tenants that agencies should really stick to in so far as what they advise their clients of maybe it's budget like you just spoke of 10 percent of your gross you should put into like what are some of those things um from like a tactical channel perspective i i was chatting this was a couple of months ago now but i was chatting to a pr agency and they were saying, oh, we really need to work on our SEO. And I was like, but what about your earned coverage? What about your PR for yourselves? You're a PR agency. And it's so funny because <laughs> so many, so many agencies do this, right? Where they are specialists in, in a certain field, but they think they've kind of got to reinvent the wheel and do PPC over here when, and do something else over there and run events when they're a copywriting agency, whatever it may be, right? So, like stick to what you're good at first and then build out afterwards. It's probably like the first little nugget of practicing what you preach. Yeah. Um, But the other, the other big one, which is kind of universal to all agencies, no matter what their specialism is, is honing your positioning. Like we saw in in the research that 74% of the agencies that we, we looked at, we assessed had really poor positioning. 74 also, out of 100 agencies. So, yeah. Yeah. And so we gauged that as there were there were four or five questions in that kind of area. And so if they got half or less of those questions, we'd say that that was poor positioning. Um, but when you compared them to the ones that had good positioning, the ones with a, with a strong position that scored more in that area, scored almost 40%, 38% higher overall on the rest of their marketing. So if you nail your positioning and you and everyone that works for you and your clients and everyone knows who you are, what you do, how you do it, why you do it, who you do it for, and that's really clear, it just makes the rest of your marketing so much easier and it means the rest of the team can get behind it. Yeah, that is, I mean, marketing 101 and and how many, 74 out of 100. I just can't even understand that. Listen, I I can't say I haven't probably been guilty of it myself over the years. We all fall short. And so just having that awareness of like, this is what you would do for your clients. Bring yourself through that same naming process, that same positioning process, same strategy process. So this is amazing. Um, I I think that comes from a place where... Um, like you were saying earlier, like agencies are built from someone who's a, who's passionate as a designer. They're a specialist in their field. They're an expert in their field and it kind of grows and evolves. You know, there's a low barrier to entry to set up an agency and you just kind of get cracking and you get on and you win the work. So as the business evolves, sometimes it's hard to kind of grow up with it. And sometimes it's really hard when you're in there and you're in the glass jar looking out, you can't see everything. Like to your point, like your whole business is called outside, right? Um, it's yep. that whole thing. It's and it, it's the same with positioning. 
that whole visual that you just said, you're in the jar and you can't see the label from the outside. That's how the name of outside came about. I was talking with my friend Todd and he was like, yeah, it's kind of like exactly what you described. And I was like, oh my God, outside, that's it. So yeah, it's, and, and when you launch it and it's all of your network, you can be the most, the most poorly positioned, forget my grammar agency in the world because you've got a relationship. It's your, it's your ex-colleague, your ex-boss, your neighbor, your mom, who knows who, what that relationship is. You don't need to like really win the hearts of somebody and, and build that trust because it's already there. So you could just say, we're an agency. We do good work. Yeah. Like we build you know websites. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, this but is I amazing. Think as well, I love you start growing the team. You need the whole team to be singing. And as that team grows and grows and grows, like the whole team needs to be singing from that same hymn sheet. And yeah. um, it's so intrinsically linked with the values and the culture of your business as well, the way you operate. It's not just an external comms exercise like it has to be really authentic and that's one of the things we talk about as well is kind of getting that balance right between your positioning being truly authentic and ownable and feeling like you and sometimes being too aspirational for the business that you want to be and the clients that you want to win because if you're too aspirational and you've not got any of the proof points to to kind of back it up um that makes that makes your marketing super hard nailed it on that note, we have 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you two quick questions because you okay. like it, there couldn't be any more information to add to this. You just totally like just nailed it all down. It's so awesome. Thank you. Uh, what is a, a recent like digital download you're really into a book, a podcast, a show, something like that? Ooh, great question. Well, I watched one of your episode podcast episodes before I joined today with um, uh, Digital Bureau, Bureau Digital. So that was good. What's so, ah, oh, do you know what? I've not read, this is terrible, right? I've not read a non-fiction book since my six-year-old was born. And I feel wow. like that needs to be one of my, uh, my personal challenges for the next year is to read some non-fiction stuff. I'm going to hold you to it. What about a tool that you recently kind of graded into your day-to-day life, physical, digital, or otherwise, uh, that you now have found invaluable? So we're using ClickUp as a business now. Um, mm. So one of the hardest things was going from like me to five five of us and having to get stuff how I worked in my head to make it work mm. for everyone else. And so uh, ClickUp's been really great for that. And we can kind of document everything there. And so from a business point of view, that's been great. We also migrated the whole business off of um, Box and where everything's on Google Drive now. And that's made my whole team infinitely happier. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, maybe awesome. uh, I think ClickUp is clutch. I have a lot of clients on there. Uh, it's, it's a lifesaver. So awesome. Claire, thank you so much for your time, your expertise and uh, bringing value to our audience. I appreciate you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.